Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You've reached the High Fashion Hotline. Hi, my family's going to a concert in the park, and we want our style to be the main attraction. Rock over to Old Navy. Old Navy? Yep, right now get up to 50% off jeans from 15 bucks for adults, 10 bucks for kids at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Up to 50% off jeans for the family? That's music to my ears. Plus, now you can get in and out of the store in a flash with buy online, pick up in store. It's fun, fast, and free. Styles that take center stage and free pick up in store when I buy online? Old Navy, here we come. High Fashion, Old Navy. About 720 to 729, select styles only. What's better? than this guys being dudes here on the draft dudes podcast i'm joe marino and oh shit oh dear what's better than this guys being dudes here on the draft dudes podcast it's joe marino and kyle krabs of the draft network and we are your hosts here on this Tuesday edition of the Draft Dudes Podcast, continuing our up-and-comer series today featuring the NFC West. Kyle, welcome to the show. Hello, 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 hello. Joe, I'm in a great mood today. You know why? Oh, why? Because I went out and I got Mexican for dinner last night, and I was able to avoid the siren song that is Chips and Salsa. And this well, is you didn't a, eat them? this is huge accomplishment for I had about a third of the basket. <laughs> but you don't understand. <laughs> I can go anywhere that serves Mexican food and I could eat three baskets of that shit before I even get my entree and then proceed to eat my entree. So the the fact that I was able to at some point throughout a dip into the salsa and stiff arm that basket across the table and show some self-restraint is just a highlight for me because that never it never happens. Kyle, you and I have um, been to many restaurants together, and it just occurred to me that we've only been to a Mexican restaurant one time. That was in Sarasota when yep. we were down with uh, for the Draft Network meeting. Yep. Uh, in, in May, and I didn't observe your your uh, salsa relationship. But um, well, they guaca, I know that you they can have guacamole on that. On that, we table. had guacamole. Yeah, we had all three, all three of the key dips, right? The queso, the guacamole, and salsa. Wait, do you have a favorite? What's what's the top uh, top of the line there? Oh, give me a uh, give me guac. Yeah, I'm right there. That's a good take. I think guac is, is top tier. Queso actually, 
I think it's too there's too much variability. Guac or queso can be really good, but queso can also be absolute trash. Like if it's not it's... done well, it is not just melted cheese. Like how do you screw that up? I know, right? Like I would actually rather have. Here's a hot take for you. Okay. We're getting a little off track as far as Mexican. I would rather have like a cheesy artichoke dip than a queso. That's wild. And I know you're a big fan of artichokes going back to when we drafted Thanksgiving plates because <laughs> you, as some kind of frickin' Neanderthal, drafted artichoke hearts for your Thanksgiving meal. So I know that's Man. up your alley. <laughs> You've never had them done right, Kyle. What can I say? Yeah, I need uh, to come down for Thanksgiving in the Marino household and Thanksgiving this year. Give yeah, me something yeah, to be thankful for. Yeah, we'll make you some artichokes. So you, will, you will like them, Kyle. You <laughs> You will like them. Uh, yeah, guacamole's the best. I, you know, I don't think I've experienced so much variation with the queso as it sounds like you have. It seems like it's pretty consistent across the board. The only way you can screw up queso, and I've seen this before, is the people that put the little onions in, in there. That's not okay. You never sneak onions in because they're terrible. And uh, salsa's tremendous. I mean, it's I feel bad raking it third and last, but it's just not as good as the other two. I mean, salsa probably nine and a half times out of ten has onions in it, Joe, just for the record. Um, yeah. That's, that's, that's also why it's third. <laughs> okay. Onions are bad. You just told me how great salsa was and that you felt bad ranking them third, and I pointed out I that do. onions are in there, and now onions are bad, and it's the if justification the, for putting salsa third. If the onions are a prominent flavor, like, uh, you know, like stronger onions, I mean, certain quesos or excuse me salsas you're not going to be able to taste those when it's chunky and there's not a lot of tomato base to it you're in trouble because those onions are going to be strong and disgusting okay so you like a soupy salsa versus like a hearty veggie predominant salsa yeah the more red it is the better okay okay in case you ever wanted to you know prepare a salsa should we uh, hashtag C red. I don't know. Is that a Cardinals thing? I'm just trying to transition out of, out of dips. I just wanted to brag. Yeah, a sure. That's bit, a, you know, definitely Cardinals. Yeah. yeah. Let's, let's see Probably. some red here and talk about the Arizona Cardinals. Cause Joe, we're talking about the NFC West today on the dudes, uh, breaking down young up and comers prime to have uh, a, a high level of impact on their respective teams. And since we talked about, uh, seeing red in the Arizona Cardinals. I mean, this this team, you're, you're talking young guys. You have to start and finish with Josh Rosen, right? Rosen, franchise quarterback. Arizona, despite the fact that, you know, Carson Palmer has not been durable and down the stretch he's missed games the last couple of years. This is a team that, by and large, has been very competitive, uh, for the past several seasons uh, under head coach Bruce Arians, who has now moved on, and uh, Steve Wilkes taking over that head coaching gig. And this team promptly, 10th overall, drafts Josh Rosen to be their quarterback of the future. They signed two uh, big-money free agents in Mike Lennon and Sam Bradford to kind of hold uh, the position till Rosen is deemed ready. Uh, I think we see him this year, Joe. And I don't, I don't necessarily know if we have to wait all that long because first of all the Rams are stacked I expect them to to distance themselves from the vast majority of this division 
Uh, we'll see what the 49ers are able to put together. I think coaching's an area that, that's going to really help them stay competitive and, and make a potential playoff run. But uh, Seattle and Arizona, I don't think you're going to see these guys in the long run you know, be able to stick around down the stretch. So uh, I think we'll have an opportunity to see Josh Rosen and, and see, okay, you know, uh, where is he at at the NFL level and can he kind of learn on the job and uh, kind of take the same mentality that he had at, at uh, UCLA, which was a very effective NFL-style passer. Uh, just learn from those mistakes. Don't make the same mistake twice. Uh Get me some Josh Rosen in the lineup. Just make sure it's after that week two game against the Rams. That's my that's my one request. I cannot uh, I cannot see him getting smashed by that uh, that Rams front seven. Uh, Kyle, a lot of good young players in this division. I could talk a lot about the Cardinals, which I'm sure we'll circle back to. The first name that really pops to me though when I think about these young guys in the division is, is Solomon Thomas with the 49ers, who. Um, you know, look, he didn't didn't really have an eye popping rookie season, and you know he's a top five draft pick on this very exciting, you know, young front seven that San Francisco's building. But you know, Thomas really didn't find his way in year one, and you know, I thought he was a great fit for that Leo role on that on that defense there, that four three style that they run, that Gus Bradley style of four three, and and so. Really like the fit because in college, you know, if you remember back his tape, he really excelled at just getting into the backfield and, and wrecking havoc, and that's what you need out of that Leo. You know, it's it's just about getting back there and, and screwing stuff up, and he can do that. But I uh, didn't do a whole lot of that in year one. So uh, physically, extremely talented. The adjustment period hopefully is over, and we can see some some good football out of him this year. Because you think about him with Buckner and, and Armstead on that defensive line, you just got some really talented in terms of like physical upside guys and it could be a special group just want to see the production start to come into play really for all three of those guys so uh, looking for that defensive line to really emerge this year and what could be a really competitive 49ers team yeah if i'm gonna go with kind of an edge defender pass rusher in this division uh that i'm gonna circle uh how about the rams they've got samson ebukam agbanyo karankwu trayvon young Juan Price, Garrett Sickles, and Matt Loniker as, the, as their outside linebacker. Those are their pass rushers, Joe, on this roster. Those six guys. And uh, somebody step right on up. I, I expect that Gwadney Okoronkwo to be one. Uh, fifth round pick in 2018. He slid a little bit because he was not of prototypical size, but the NFL's dumb in this regard because he had great length. Okoronkwu's got over 34-inch arms. He's got great length. He has the ability to uh, win as a pass rusher, and he's shown some ability to work back inside and come outside in. And uh, I think Okoronkwu's shown all the requisite traits to be an effect, a really effective pass rusher at the NFL level. It's more the polish and the planning that I, I thought he really needed to address coming out of Oklahoma in this past year's draft. But uh, Ebukam is somebody that they like. Fourth round pick in 2017. Uh, I liked Juan Price coming out. Call me crazy. He's kind of the same, cut from the same cloth as Okoronkwu. A really twitchy guy. So uh, I think the the roster construction for the Rams on defense is fascinating because they they kind of went the New York Giants route, but with a three four instead of a four three. I mean the the linebackers are bargain bin almost across the board. I mean Mark Barron, Bryce Hager. Ebukam, Matt Loniker, and then the, the pass rushers we mentioned. And there's no 
depth really behind him on the inside either, Joe. Yeah, it's an interesting front. Um, we're going to find out some things if, you know, if, the, if Sue and Donald and Brockers can really generate some interior pressure, you know, how does the guys you mentioned, Price, Akibon, uh, Okoronkwu, Longacre, you know, do, do they really seize this opportunity? And, and it's going to be fascinating to watch that all 22 and see what Wade Phillips does with all of these guys and how he how he schemes up these, you know, their, their long and late situations because – it's, it's just interesting. It's just an interesting roster construction, like you said. So I'm anxious to, to watch that unfold. Uh, Kyle, remember when the Seattle Seahawks took Rashad Penny in the first round? Uh, yeah, yeah, I do. And, and we had to be reminded that it wasn't the third or fourth round? Uh, well, so, yeah, he's got that first-round running back label, and I think that's a big deal. And, look, I get it. I, I know that Seattle's offense was best when Marshawn Lynch was anchoring that rushing attack, and, and there was a lot more – uh, diversity and multiple dimensions to how they attack defenses. But, uh, you know, the expectations for me right away with Penny and really any first-round running back is to go ahead and be that lead back and, and be productive. And so, you know, I think that Seattle needs that to happen. I know that since Lynch was no longer part of the team, it's been this revolving door, if there ever was a revolving door of backs. And so ideally Penny comes in and provides some stability there. But, uh, you know, I'm not necessarily sure that he was – the type of talent that warranted a first round pick. And, uh, you know, now he's got this expectation to produce around behind an offensive line that as everybody knows, has been suspect for a while now, uh, maybe Dwayne Brown can add some stability. Some of their young guys gets better. Like, you know, Ethan Pochick, those types of players, but by and large, it's, it's a lot of question marks on that group and they need to, they need to perform. And, and so, you know, you've got Russ Wilson back there and, 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 you know, he, he certainly is, is one of the best quarterbacks in the game, but, you know, for Penny to be what they need him to be, you know, he's really going to have to to take a big step forward and, and adjust the NFL game coming from San Diego State. You know, so it's a uh, it's a big acclamation, and I think it's really important if Seattle, you know, they kind of hit the reset button in in a way this year with a lot of the players that they moved on from, new offensive coordinator, new defensive coordinator, and so Penny coming in and providing stability in that backfield is important, and he's got a tall task ahead of him in year one. What why do teams do this, Joe? Why is it any time you get an elite quarterback, you go back to Dan Marino, and then it was Peyton Manning, and now it's Russell Wilson. You have these elite quarterbacks, and they're just surrounded by not, not, not even elite, not good football players. How old's Brandon Marshall? I mean, Doug, yeah, yeah. he's 35? Doug Baldwin's a good football player. Rashad Penny, you know, as, as solid a back as he was, didn't see him as a first-round player, and he's running behind an offensive line that has been one of the more maligned groups in football the past several years. Starting tight end is Nick Vanette, a guy I really liked who was a third-round pick in 2016. Has not proven anything yet. You even go on the defensive side of the football and look at their, this starting lineup. I mean, Frank Clark has been very successful since coming to the league in 2015. Jerron Reed, Nas Jones, who I like a fair amount. Rasheem Green, God bless him, going to start at <laughs> defensive end for the Seattle Seahawks. Let me know how that goes, Pete. Kiki Mingo. Oh, Bobby Wagner's a good football player. K.J. Wright's a good football player. Nico Thorpe at starting corner. Mo Alexander starting safety. Earl Thomas, who's desperately trying anything and everything he can to get out of Seattle 
And then Shaq Griffin, a third-round uh, pick from last year's draft, who was, was a pretty solid rookie. This, this is crazy to me. you know, And it, it blows my mind every time I look at this depth chart. Just the... It's, it's you didn't see Avengers, did you? No, no. So at the event, end of spoiler alert, if you haven't listened to Avengers yet, you might want to hang up the call for the next two minutes. Uh, but if you haven't watched Avengers and you're like Joe and you don't care, Joe, you're gonna have to sit here and listen to this comparison anyway. So at the end of the movie, <laughs> the bad guy gets. All the things he's been hunting for the whole movie that gives him the ability to snap his fingers and half of the population just dissolves into ash like at the end of the movie. So the bad guy gets these and he snaps his fingers and half of Earth's Mightiest Heroes kind of just fall away. And that's exactly what's happened to this mighty Seahawks team. They won the Super Bowl, what, 2014? This roster has just they they got the Thanos treatment where everybody's just up in smoke. I don't recognize this roster. And I feel for Russell Wilson because, you know, he, he seems like he's going to be the next quarterback in this long lineage of just tremendous quarterbacks that don't get help. And that sucks. So I, I hope I'm wrong. But uh, I, I look at the, the roster and the changes and, Kind of, kind of the entire overhaul, and my expectations for Seattle are not very high this year. Uh, the, the one of the most fascinating things about this roster is this this uh, this pass rushing situation that features Deion Jordan and Barkevius Mingo, a couple guys that just have had some like, a very small amount of success in very small doses, and uh, for them to be kind of the feature guys across from Frank Clark, going to be interesting to see how that all unfolds. And Marcus uh, Smith. Yeah, Marcus Smith, like every bad, every first-round bust they can find that has some athletic ability, get him in there and see if they can cut him loose and get some pressure. Very, that's, that is crazy. I didn't, even, I didn't even remember Marcus Smith until you said that. Uh, Kyle, let's uh, talk about a, some, a player that showed a lot in year one. That's Akello Witherspoon, cornerback for the 49ers. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked him a lot coming out. You know, long, athletic guy, really good footwork in my opinion, has ball skills. Just didn't tackle, right? That was the big knock on him coming out of Colorado, uh, in my opinion. And so uh, he he stepped in really nicely, getting a chance to start on the boundary. And now he's got a chance to start on the boundary opposite of Richard Sermon. And, you know, I think that those guys are kind of cut from the same cloth in terms of how they can win in coverage. And I just really think that's going to help Witherspoon, who did well already. And so I think you, you get him paired with Sherman, and this is an exciting pair of corners and certainly I really like what Witherspoon can, has already been and what he can become. And so, you know, I talked a little bit about the, the front the front four and, and some of their talent there, and then you've got Reuben Foster who's, you know, that dude's got all the talent in the world to be a top two or three linebacker in the game, one of the best defensive playmakers out there. And then you have some talent on the back end headlined by by Akella Witherspoon. And, you know, it's easy to see why the, the 49ers found success uh, last season, late in the year, once obviously Jimmy Garoppolo got into the lineup, but you know they got some dudes on defense, and so really like the way that this roster is coming together, and certainly a very exciting young coach in Kyle Shanahan. So 
like the makeup of this 49ers roster. I'm not sure if it's ready to like, you know, make a deep run or anything like that this year, but you know, it's going to be a highly competitive team that should challenge for an above 500 record and, and certainly some young dudes on defense. And the guy that I'm probably most excited about outside of Ruben Fox is Akel Witherspoon. Yeah, it's a good call. Uh, Joe, I want to talk about two defensive linemen uh, who were uh, high draft selections in the last several years. They're on two separate teams. One of those is Robert Kimdiche. Uh, Kimdiche in Arizona has not really got his feet underneath of him, but uh, there's going to be an opportunity here uh, for him to kind of finally step out from kind of the shadows and really come to the forefront as a player who, uh, being a a first-round selection in 2016, uh, the expectation was this this freak athlete was going to be able to come in and kind of wreak havoc up front. Well, hasn't really happened, and it, it's kind of been a combination of several things. But uh, the opportunity should be here with Corey Peters and Old Pierre as the starting defensive tackles for the Cardinals. So I want to see Robert Kimdiche. I want to see him push for a starting role uh, as we get into training camp and work our way through the preseason. Robert, you know, let it hang loose. You know, just be a bull in a china shop. Use that athleticism. And, you know, he's had two years now to kind of hone some of the holes in his craft when he came out of college, which was he really didn't stack blocks all that well and play that effectively at the line of scrimmage. And uh, that needs to show that it's been amended if he's going to turn the corner. And, Joe, the other one I want to talk about is a defensive lineman for the L.A. Rams, uh, another former first-round pick. They've got Dom Easley on this roster, dude. Brockers, Sue, Donald, oh, by the way, the backup is Dom Easley, who has probably the most explosive first step we've seen on film from a defensive, interior defensive lineman in the last five years. I mean, that's, if he's at all healthy, please, Dom, I want to see it, especially since you're not on New England anymore. I want to see you finally just stay healthy, give me what explosiveness that you have, hopefully that it, that that's been able to have been retained because he was such a treat to watch on film. And it was just so frustrating to every single year. Dom would start to get on the field and then the bottom would drop out from underneath. So maybe this is what he needs a a rotational role where the wear and tear is not necessarily as much on his body. Uh, He's not asked to play uh, a very high percentage of the snaps. He can kind of be a rotational guy and, uh, I'm hoping that Easley, who's who's admittedly probably on his last legs here. Like, if it doesn't work in L.A., it ain't going to work because it's just been one injury after the next. So I'm hoping to see Dom Easley and Robert Kimdiche as former first-round players live up to their athletic potential. Kyle, uh, a guy that I think is – really a critical player this year for their team and a young guy that's been up and down and uh, battled some injuries himself is DJ Humphreys. He's a, he's a projected left tackle for the Arizona Cardinals who are featuring Sam Bradford, who's made of glass. And of course the, the young uh, Josh Rosen at quarterback, and we'll see how Mike Glennon factors into that. But in, no matter who's playing quarterback, they need to be protected. And uh, Humphreys is the dude that's going to be that blindside left tackle. And, you know, he's he's got some physical gifts. I mean, that wasn't hard to identify from his, his Florida tape and certainly tested well. And, um, you know, he's he slapped together pretty good. But 
you know, the inconsistency has the inconsistency has plagued him so far and some injuries and stuff. And right now, you know, there's not a whole lot behind him at offensive tackle right now. Like Will Holden kind of playing a, a that swing tackle role and, and Andre Smith on the other side. And, you know, you just get nervous, right, <laughs> with with uh, with such an important position manned by somebody who's been underwhelming. Um, but still young. You know, he's he's in his fourth year now, and so it's time for him to stand and deliver and, and, and prove himself. So this is a make-or-break year for Humphreys, and he's got just such an important role on this offense that <laughs> I get nervous, right? Because Bradford, like I said, like Rosen, and so uh, the Cardinals didn't do a whole lot to improve their offensive line outside of you know signing Justin uh, Pugue. And so they, they need this this unit to come together because uh, I think we all saw what happened to Carson Palmer last year. Joe, I've got one more name that I want to talk about. Talk about the running back combo. I did a Joe Marino. I just double dipped. You catch that? I didn't even Nicely realize done. I did it at first myself. Nicely done. I want to talk about the running back combo in the Bay. I want to talk about Jarek McKinnon and Matt Breida as a two-headed, potential two-headed monster, as uh, I'm excited with these two players because I think with with Shanahan's zone rushing concepts, uh, these guys are really explosive athletes. They can get north-south very quickly. And um, you know, bringing in Jarek McKinnon and giving him the contract that they did and Brita, who was a an addition in, in I believe it was UDFA, uh, after 2017 draft, uh, those two guys seem to physically best match the values that, that Shanahan's rushing offense is, is really predicated around. So I think there's some interchangeability between those two guys, which I think is going to be really nice. And in, those guys and their ability to make things work behind an offensive line that maybe doesn't necessarily have the most prototypical lineman up front. Obviously, Joe Staley's getting a little long in the tooth, but a very athletic offensive tackle, and Mike McGlinchey, who I think is a great fit. And they just brought in Western Richburg, so you know that checks that box. But these guards, Lakin Tomlinson and Josh Garnett, are currently listed as the starting guards. If Jonathan Cooper is able to push Garnett and push him out of the starting lineup, you know that at least gives you a fairly athletic lateral front with the exception of Lake and Tomlinson, who they just gave an extension to. But um, their ability to read blocks against these offensive linemen and get that north-south cut, I think is going to be really important. And that dynamic's going to be needed because this team is still a year away as it relates to the weapons on the roster. Uh, I like their tight end room with Kittle, Selleck, uh, heck, even Cole Hickettini was a guy like coming out of Louisville, a uh, pretty athletic guy. Uh, but the wide receiver room with uh, Garcon and Marquise Goodwin and Dante Pettis, Trent Taylor, these are all largely the same style of players. So I think they're missing an element on the outside with a possession-style receiver, a red zone target with some size. So they'll need the running game to help keep that offense balanced, Joe. Kyle, I'm going to close with the rapid-fire round here. Oh, okay, um, here we go. I'm ready. Here we go. I'm ready. Here we go. I hope I don't put you to sleep this time. This will be quick. Arizona Cardinals, they got two dudes on defense, high picks from last year, Buda Baker, 
going to be a stud at safety, already is Hassan Reddick, linebacker, guy who shifted from uh, playing really on the edge his final year at uh, Temple to, to being uh, off-ball linebacker, which has really started the senior bowl in, in you know, he, he had some moments last year looking for him to really kind of put it all together this year. So really excited about those two young guys on defense for Arizona. And the uh, the last guy I want to mention here is uh, John Johnson. He's a safety for the Rams. He was a day three pick who wound up starting 11 games and had a pretty productive season. And, and there's some, some buzz about him, uh, you know, kind of being a long-term starter there. So, you know, we'll see how he does in year two. He wasn't a guy I was super high on, and you know, from his college tape and my, my draft evaluation, but you know, he's certainly claimed a role here early for in his career with the Rams and penciled in to be one of the starting safeties this year. So he'll be a guy to monitor, and uh, looks like he's already carved out a little niche for himself. Yeah, well, I hope we didn't disenfranchise ourselves too much to Seattle Seahawks fans. Um, you know, we're just... We're just Calling a spade a spade here, that's all. Um, like we said, or at least like I said, hopefully I'm wrong, but my expectation's not high there. So, guys, please stick with us. It gets better from here. And if it doesn't, we're the draft dudes. We'll prepare you for the draft. So it's it's a win-win situation for Seahawks fans listening to the Draft Dudes podcast. So hit that subscribe button and follow along with us. Uh, we are less then two weeks away from the launch of the Draft Network now, which you all got to get super stoked for. We're, we're getting a chance to look at the site now and what it looks like with some of this content that we've been working on up and running. and It's going to be nice. You know, you guys have a lot to look forward to. Uh, put that on the calendars. Uh, if you guys have any feedback on the show, uh, please feel free to leave us a review of the podcast, if it's of the five-star variety. If you have complaints, you can send them to Joe on Twitter specifically. He's our complaint guy, uh, at the Joe Marino. If you've got compliments you'd like to give to one of us in person, those go to me. I'm at Grinding the Tape. Kyle Crabb signing off with Joe Marino. Thanks for listening to the Draft Dudes Podcast. Right now, join T-Mobile and get an unlimited family plan with Netflix included so you can watch in more places than ever before on your phone, tablet, or TV. Plus, buy one Samsung Galaxy S9 and get one free with 24 monthly bill credits so you and your family can binge your Netflix favorites on your new phones. Call 1-800-T-MOBILE or visit a store today. Unlimited data on their network. Video streams at 480p. Small fraction of customers using over 50 gigs per month may have reduced speeds. If you cancel balances due, well-qualified customers, full price, 720 plus tax. Finance agreements required. Netflix for two screens. Terms apply. Sprint's Unlimited Plus plan. It has Hulu, Tidal Premium, 15 gigabytes, mobile hotspot, and full HD. Atlas, we need to shout that from the rooftops. Best deal ever. I didn't mean literally. Switch to Sprint's Unlimited Plus plan for just $42 per line. But hurry, for a limited time, it's now $22 per line when you bring or buy your own phones. Visit Sprint.com slash Unlimited or call 1-800-SPRINT-1. Price with $5 per month auto pay discount. One Hulu limited commercials plan for Sprint account. Features differ. Offer coverage not available everywhere. Excludes taxes, fees, and roaming. Requires new line subject to credit. Third dollar activation fee speed. Maximums use rules and restrictions apply. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.